You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysOnTheCouch.com, with you to start another week, and it it's going to be fun. We're going to go right back to talking about the topics we were talking about last week, because I know y'all still want to talk about Bravik Valera. Yeah. Um, we will be discussing his departure, as well as a couple other moves around Major League Baseball in the second half of the podcast, which... Just a reminder, um, if you want to listen to your podcast on the go, just say, hey, Google, or hey, Siri, or hey, whatever knockoff virtual assistant you have, play Locked On Blue Jays, and it'll totally play Locked On Blue Jays, because that's how smart technology is now, which is slightly frightening, but whatever. I, for one, welcome our new technological overlord, so... Just uh, just remember to do that. It's that simple to listen to the podcast, which in the first half of today's episode, we're actually going to be discussing lawsuits. Yay. That's totally what I know how to do. I mean, I did apply to law school before, but um, as you can tell, I didn't really have to make up to be a lawyer <laughs> in more ways than one back then, but... We press onward. It was announced today that the Astros may not be out of the woods just yet when it comes to monetary punishments for their sign-stealing scandal. And it's an effort being spearheaded by a former Blue Jay. Uh, it was announced by, uh, it was reported by USA Today that ex-Blue Jays pitcher Mike Bolsinger is suing the Astros uh, for $31 million, which is what they earned in World Series bonuses, to be donated to charities around the Los Angeles area, as well as to establish a fund for players who need financial assistance following their careers ending, which is a very noble goal, especially for a guy whose wife is pregnant right now and is just coming back from Japan where Bolsinger spent the past two seasons because he hasn't been able to get a major league job because the last time he pitched in a major league stadium, the Astros banged him out of the major league, drummed him out. I I guess the garbage can is a drum in that instance. I don't know. Either way, Bolsinger did not pitch after giving up Four runs in a third of an inning against Houston on August 4th, 2017. And this is where he is. He he wants to bring more attention to it. He wants to make sure that there is financial damage done. And I 100% support him. Shocking, I know. But no, um, Mike Bullsinger and I have something in common. We've both appeared on Jace from the Couch Radio. Uh, speaking of which, that'll happen this week as well. But Bullsinger has come across as a genuine guy when, you know, we talk to him on the radio. Um, just just a guy who's trying to live his dream, trying to, to make it work in the major leagues. 
And he sounds like someone who would take it very personally that his career was drastically altered and and pretty much ended at the major league level because the other team was not playing by the rules. Um, I believe the of the 29 pitches that Mike Bolsinger threw on August 4th against Houston, 12 of them elicited garbage can bangs from the dugout that can be audibly heard in the broadcast of the game, which is a very high percentage, especially when you look at the stats. Uh, he threw 13 strikes. Only five of them found the catcher's mitt. Uh, the other eight were, were laced in for ground balls and fly balls and line drives. And if you look at who spearheaded the damage against Mike Bolsinger, it is the two primary suspects uh, for those who benefited from the garbage banging. It was a double to now former Mets manager Carlos Beltran and then a three-run home run to Marwin Gonzalez, who has seen his offensive abilities severely wane since leaving Houston. He was pretty bad for Minnesota last year. I know that because I had him on my fantasy team for a little bit, and then I dropped him because he sucked. But anyway, Bullsinger is arguing that it's not just him who's affected. It was many pitchers across baseball who had their careers prematurely ended or altered in ways that cost them the money. It's why he's going for the $31 million. And you don't have to look very hard to see Bullsinger's proof in that. I mean, of the six Blue Jays pitchers in that game, in addition to Bullsinger, at least three others had their careers pretty much altered. You can look at the starter, Cesar Valdez, who everyone remembers Cesar Valdez, through three and a third innings, gave up six earned runs, including a home run to to Yuli Gurriel, and then a double to Derek Fisher, which is a little weird. Didn't didn't know that was possible, but either way, Valdez was DFA'd after that game and never pitched in the majors again. The ninth inning worker in that game was veteran lefty J.P. Howell, who people might remember from a article I did on jaysfromthecouch.com comparing him and Joe Smith. Howell gave up a run in an inning of work, pitched two more games, and then called it a career. He was done. And it's it's not just guys who had their careers ended. It's, it's guys who had their careers permanently altered because pitching ahead of Mike Bolsinger and getting one out before Bolsinger did was lefty Matt Dermody, who people might remember is still in the Blue Jays organization. He was DFA'd, made it through waivers, and is still in Buffalo where he's been battling through injuries the past couple seasons. However, one can argue that that outing basically wrecked Dermody's shot at you know, grabbing hold of a lefty role with the Blue Jays. Because if you look at his stats with and without that Houston outing, in 2017, Dermody pitched 22 and a third innings. He had an ERA of 443. If you take out that Houston outing where he got banged on, he got one out, and then he gave up a a two-run home run to the third amigo in the banging scat 
scandal. Let's call it a scandal. Might as well. The third amigo in in that garbage can ring circus. Alex Bregman, who hilariously enough <laughs> released an ad about integrity this week. That just come on, dude. Like you are not only are you trying too hard, you're you're just giving giving people more fodder for when it comes out that you directly benefited from it. So but yeah, if you take that outing out, Germany actually posted a 368 ERA in 22 innings, which is actually good. It looks really good and might have given Germany a better chance to battle Tim Meza for that lefty role um, once it became clear Aaron Loop was going to be traded that season. So in inflating Germany's stats, they, they potentially cost him the chance to extend his major league career. Now, you can argue Dermody wasn't great anyway. I mean, he gave up five runs against Baltimore in his debut. You can argue that Cesar Valdez wasn't great. I mean, 2017 was the first time he pitched in a major since 2010. You can argue that J.P. Howell was washed and basically on his way out of the league anyway. But it doesn't change the fact that all four of those pitchers had had their careers shortened and and were affected by the Astros cheating and that's that that's the thing that really gets me and and I I honestly I had a um, friend of the show Matt Hall at Hallamaniac 07 uh texted me asking if I thought the Astros batters should be banned like Pete Rose and the more time we get away from the scandal, I think, yes, yes, they should, because they are showing no remorse. They're showing no contrition. Any act of apology that has come from the scandal, any sign of remorse has come from either a manager who's been fired for not stopping it or the pitchers themselves. Mike Fires, Charlie Morton, and to a lesser extent, Dallas Keuchel. They're the only ones to be like, yeah, it was wrong and it it was bad for the game. None of the batters have stepped forward. Not even Beltran, who lost his job for it. Um, no one has actually gone, come out and say, yeah, I benefited, and yeah, I'm sorry. So, honestly, I do think that it's going to come out. I don't care about immunity. Rob Manfred can offer immunity to whoever he wants. They're, they're forever tarred, and... You know, baseball writers have shown they have a long memory on stuff like this. It's why Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens have stayed out of the hall. So, you know, I hope it was worth it. I hope they enjoy those rings. I hope Mike Bolsinger takes them for the full $31 million. And I just want to see the Astros pay more than they have. Because it, it still doesn't feel like they've really, truly paid for what they did to the integrity of the game. And to all those players whose careers they they altered. So, speaking of players having their careers altered, we're going to talk about Bravik Valera in a second. But first, this message. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. So just going to talk a few roster moves to help close out this episode of the podcast. Um, the one involving the Blue Jays is the designation of Bravik Valera. 
for Simon to make room for Rafael Dolis on the roster. Now, we had speculated that a pitcher was going to come off the 40-man to make room for Dolis, but instead they picked the most expendable person on the roster in Valera, who, honestly, I wasn't expecting to make through spring training with guys like Ruben Tejada and Joe Panic in camp on minor league deals. So it it was a little surprising to see Valera go already, but not if you look at it from the Blue Jays' perspective when it comes to their position players, because if you think about it, they're pretty much done. Like... So it's it's going to be 13 batters on the roster because with baseball expanding the the major league roster to 26 men, at least, at the most, 13 of them are pitchers. So there has to be 13 batters. And if you look at the batters that don't have options or that are already locked into roles, that means you have Danny Jansen, Reese McGuire, catcher. You have Rowdy Telez. Kevin Biggio, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, Travis Shaw, and Brandon Drury on the infield. So that's eight. And then Lourdes Gurriel, Randall Gritchuk, Teoscar Hernandez, Derek Fisher, and Anthony Alford in the outfield. That gets you 13. So what the designation of Valera is saying that they're, they're already set. They're fine. Billy McKinney is going to be a Buffalo. Santiago Espinal is going to be a Buffalo. And they're perfectly fine with that. It looks like the Blue Jays want to give the players that they have a shot to prove that they're going to be a part of the future. Otherwise, they're just going to make their moves in July and it'll be bye-bye Derek Fisher, bye-bye Anthony Alford, bye-bye Brandon Drury. Um, these these guys who are, who are just kind of tenuously hanging on and now that they're out of options, they really need to prove themselves. They're going to have a few months to prove themselves before they get shuffled off and someone else gets to take their place. So... We know who's on the line, who's on the block, so to speak. It'll just be a matter of who can actually perform and whether or not that will allow them to keep their jobs. Also, the Blue Jays, after going through, what was it, like 36 pitchers last year? It felt like 36. They are clearly valuing their pitching depth right now, and they're trying to keep as many pitchers on the 40-man as they can. Because I believe this puts them up to 23 with Dolis coming on and Valera coming off. So clearly that's what they want to do. Sadly, Harlan Garcia is not one of those pitchers. He was officially claimed by the Giants, which the Giants probably had priority on the Blue Jays because the Giants sucked more in 2019. So it is what it is. I'm sure they had the claim in because Garcia was very attractive for what the Blue Jays wanted to do, but San Francisco got to him first. Um, didn't even get Quijada, who was also waived by the Marlins. He goes to the Angels instead, who waved like some 29-year-old who just appeared in Major League Baseball for the first time last season, so no big loss there. And then Aaron Loop came off the market as well at it's been reported he's signing a minor league deal with the Rays, who I didn't think the Rays really needed anyone, but a guy like Loop, who's fr- shown that his splits aren't terrible against batters on either side of the plate, probably attractive to Tampa Bay as a guy who can, you know, be one of those one-inning people who comes out and just just hucks. Um, it'll remain to be seen how he's feeling after missing last year with that elbow strain, but... 
you know, I actually wish him the best of luck. And, you know, the Blue Jays know him very well. So if he pitches against Toronto, maybe he'll look like the Aaron Loop that all the fans remember. So, fingers crossed for that, eh? Anyway, that brings us to the end of this episode of the podcast. Just a reminder... You can follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews on there. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. Subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Jays so you don't miss an episode. Or Locked On Blue Jays, same thing, pretty much. If you type it in, you're going to get this one. So... Follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Locked On Jays. If you don't like Twitter, Facebook's a great way to reach us. And a couple of plugs. Um, like I said, I am going to be on Jays Running Couch Radio this week. I taped with Sean Doyle and Karen Sutar. So be on the lookout for that. Um, I basically recorded the episode while trying to eat supper. So you can hear me. I, I hope you can't hear me talking away from the mic to eat chicken tenders, but um, it was a really good podcast, really good conversation, had a, had a lot of laughs there, so definitely check that out. Also, I will be on Logged On MLB at some point this week. Uh, for those of you who have been wishing for some interaction between me and Sully, it's coming. It'll be either tomorrow or Wednesday, but... You will hear me and him going at it, talking about the Blue Jays, educating, doing what I do. So be sure to listen to those. Might be even doing something with Locked On Orioles later this week, just because, you know, got to help the, the less fortunate in the division. Sorry, Connor, but we'll talk more later in the week. Anyway, that brings us to the end. So... For everyone here at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care. 